These days, if you ask someone about pirates, they probably think of this, right? They think of Captain Jack Sparrow or something to do with Pirates of the Caribbean. But pirates have a long history. And you know what? They weren't all men either. In fact, one of the most successful pirates of all time had a fleet 60 times larger than Blackbeard's and was a woman. So why haven't we learned about this before? Well, Laura Duncombe wondered the same thing. She is the author of Pirate Women, the Princesses, Prostitutes, and Privateers Who Ruled the Seven Seas. And Laura is with us now. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, Laura, first of all, great title for your book. (laughs) Thank you so much. (laughs) How did you get inspired to write about this? You know, I have always loved pirates ever since I was a little girl. I was really into uh, Peter Pan, and I thought even in Neverland where no one grows up, the pirates have the most fun. And so um, I've just kind of loved them my whole life. And then as a teenager, I thought, you know, there's women doctors, women lawyers. There's got to be women pirates, right? And then I started doing research, and I realized there were women pirates. They're everywhere since the dawn of time, but nobody ever... Uh, wrote about them. So I got so mad, I decided I had to write about them. (laughs) Well, good job. So tell us about some of these very, at the time, I would imagine, very well-known female pirates. Yeah, well, you know, there's Anne Bonny and Mary Reed, who, if if you've heard of a woman pirate, you've heard of them. They sailed during the golden age of pirates. You know, they were um, sort of colleagues um, of Blackbeard and, you know, any uh, the the sort of uh, Jack Sparrow era of piracy, if you will. But then there was also Grace O'Malley, who was an Irish pirate, who um, sailed, um, actually had a meeting with Qu- Queen Elizabeth uh, I and uh, was able to ne- uh, do a hostage negotiation to get her son back from Queen Elizabeth against all of the advice of um, Elizabeth's advisors. So, you know, uh, you think when you think of fierce queens, you, uh, you think of Queen Elizabeth I of England, but um, Grace O'Malley went toe-to-toe with her, and she won. So she's a pretty amazing pirate. I, I love her. And then... Um, there's Saeed Alhara, who was a Muslim pirate queen in the um, late 1400s in Morocco. And then there is, of course, the pirate you mentioned in your intro, Chang Yi Sao, who was a Chinese pirate in the early 1800s, who was all, you know, hands down, no questions asked, the most successful pirate who ever lived. How? <laughs> yeah, she, um, so she started her life um, working on a, a flower boat in Canton, and then she married a small-time pirate, um, Cheng Yi, you know, the, the, the irony of the whole thing is that we don't even know her name. Cheng Yi Sao is just translated, you know, wife of Cheng Yi, basically Mrs. Cheng, you know. Um, so we don't even know uh, what her first name was. But um, she married Cheng Yi, who was a small-time pirate, and they started building a confederation. They realized, you know, one pirate ship's pretty great, but, you know, two pirate ships is twice as good. And when you've got, you know, 12, well, now you're cooking. So, um, you know, they, they were in the process of building a fleet when Chang Yi died, and uh, she decided to take over the fleet. And that was not entirely uncommon in, you know, in this time and area of the world when men died, women would kind of take over essentially the family business. But um, the magnitude of their pirate operation um, made it really unique. And then she immediately grew it. She had um, fleets of ships. She had, you know, the red flag fleet, the green flag fleet, the black flag fleet. And, um, you know, at the height of her powers, 1,200 ships under her command and 40 wow. to 60,000 pirates. Okay. Well, then, Laura, <laughs> how have we not heard of her? Legitimate navies at the time. Yeah. You know, it, I, it's, it's really hard for me to understand why. Um, you know, I think for, for you know, since 
history started being recorded. History was recorded by men. And, you know, men usually write what they know. We know about her at all is through the efforts of a scholar named Diane Murray, who went to China. She speaks Chinese. I do not speak Chinese. (laughs) And um, she translated some of the documents and brought, you know, brought Chinese out to the West. Um, and it's through her efforts that we even know about her at all. But I mean, I, I'm, I am like a, a proselytizer, you know, I will shout from the rooftops <laughs> every time I talk about it. People are like, man, she should have her own Hollywood movie. And well, I think, yeah. yeah, you're totally right. <laughs> she absolutely should have her own Hollywood movie. H- how hard was it for you to find out this information? Like, where did you have to dig for this? Um, I did a lot of research at the national archives in DC. I was living in DC um, at the time I was writing the book and, um, I also, you know, I did, I traveled to the Caribbean um, and I did some phone interviews with people. You know, it's a myth that pirates bury their treasure. This is, you know, pirates spent their treasure as as fast as they had it, sometimes even sooner. Um, So there is no buried treasure, but I always say that the buried treasure is the stories of these pirates because, you know, by very nature, they're not law abiding. You know, they don't like file their tax returns. They don't, you know, publish their marriages in uh, the newspapers. They're kind of being outside the law is their whole thing. So their history is not very well recorded. A lot of it was passed down in stories and songs um, and, and legends. And so it's, um, it was orally passed down for a long time. So, um, you know, when you go on vacation to the Caribbean and you see like a dusty book in a gift shop and you're like, who would ever buy a book, you know, in like Jamaica, like, that's me. I was the one buying this. <laughs> <laughs> See, so, when people yeah, think of totally. pirates, though, they th- I think they do think of the Caribbean and, and everything that went on there, obviously, because that's what Hollywood has popularized. Mm-hmm. But were there women in, in that part of piracy as well? Yeah, there were definitely women in that time. Um, two of the most famous pirates, Anne Bonny and Mary Reed, um, were actually on the same ship. They, they sailed with a pirate named um, Calico Jack Rackham. Um, and we know so much about them because they were caught and tried in um, 1720, and um, they um, their trial uh, transcript was recorded. So we have testimony from people who were captured by them who said, you know, that these women were just as fierce as the men, and, you know, that they did everything the men did, and, you know, the judges did everything they could to sort of bend over backwards to get these women off and say, you know, Maybe they were innocent. Maybe they were kidnapped themselves. Maybe they didn't want to be pirates because they just couldn't believe that these women were these fearsome pirates. But then the testimony of the captives said, no, absolutely not. They are just, you know, they're every inch a pirate as, as the men. And in fact, the women said we should kill these hostages because if we ever get caught, they will testify against us. So, I mean, they, they knew what they were doing. I, I wonder if that also played into why we don't know about them as well. If they're, even after they were gone, there was still that belief of, oh, that that can't be right. Though They couldn't have been pirates. I think there's, a, there's absolutely, that's, that's very uh, keen observation. There is sort of this myth about the, the sea. You know, we, whenever people talk about the ocean, they, they use feminine pronouns. You know, it's the sea and, you know, they say women are wild and unchanging as the sea. Like the sea is this very feminine thing. And so, the conquerors of the sea are, are always viewed as masculine. You know, we talk about discovering virgin lands and conquering virgin territories. You know, it's all this very highly coded sexual gendered language. And so it just doesn't make sense to like put women into that equation. It really kind of blows the whole thing wide open. And so I think people are reluctant to do that. I think that's one of the reasons that so many women pirates went undetected for so long, because people see what they expect 
to see. You know, it's easier to believe that that shy pirate who's, you know, sort of skinny and keeps to himself is a young man than a girl disguised as a young man. You know, so I, I mean, women just get left out of the story because our entire mythology about the ocean make you know doesn't make sense with women in it but really we've been telling the story wrong for so long and that's why i wrote this book and the sequel pirate's life for she um to really just sort of right the wrong because when you leave women out of the story you're you're only telling half of the story i love that a pirate's life for she is that what the sequel's called yes that's a, yeah that's a, that's the second book that's um uh that's pr- that's primarily for school age uh readers but it's a uh, it's a. Uh, I love it. Yeah, my, my second book. Yeah. <laughs> I absolutely love it. Listen, Laura, thanks, to talk, thanks for talking to us about it this morning. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. That's Laura Duncombe. Laura's written a couple books. The first one's called Pirate Women, the Princesses, Prostitutes, and Privateers Who Ruled the Seven Seas. And it's all about famous, well, at the time, famous uh, female pirates who have perhaps been forgotten to history, but really should not be. I mean, if we know Blackbeard and all the other pirates, even the fictional ones like Jack Sparrow, then you should definitely know about some of these famous pirates too.